0: I respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambeh language region, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay my respects to their elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hello, guys, and welcome to Miss Inclusivity, the podcast. My name is Bridget, your host, as always, and today we are going to be talking all things about what it looks like to find your passions. Um, And to discuss this, I have the lovely Zoe to join the podcast. Hi, Zoe. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. We're so excited to have you. And so are the listeners. But we always start every single podcast episode with the exact same question, and that is, what made you want to be a teacher?
1: Um, so I actually didn't always know I wanted to be a teacher. Um, so I did a diff- completely different degree before I've done started doing my masters in teaching. Um I have been surrounded by teachers quite quite a lot throughout my life. Um I have family and friends who are teachers. Um and I was always like drawn to what they were doing. Even when I was doing my other degree, I was just drawn to what they were doing, to the behind the scenes, you know, I would ask about their days. Um and then during my, so I did a Bachelor of Media, my first degree. Um, and during that, I got an opportunity to work um, for a charity organisation. Uh-huh. And they worked with, um, like, uh, deaf and hard of hearing children. And it, when I, I was doing more marketing, obviously, like for that um, particular role, but being exposed to that just really made me realise I want to work with kids. Like, this is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's what I did. So now... And, I, I'm do, and I'm casually teaching now and I love it. So,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you can casually teach while you're doing your master's. Is that right?
1: Yeah, in your final year. So I think it's the same rule that applies to like bachelor's students. It's still final year, but obviously a master's is usually between two to two and a half years. So once you're three quarters of the way through, um, you can casual teach or apply for your conditional number in New South Wales.
0: Wow, that's yeah. amazing. That's incredible. I love that so much. Um, what has been the highlight of your teaching career so far?
1: Um. Well, obviously, I've just started out, so I've been casual teaching for about a month, maybe two months now. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just love – well, I'm at, a, I'm at one particular school. So some people um jump around with different schools to try different schools, but I've um, managed to find a school that I really love and they like me, so it's good. Yeah, that's, good. that's um, good to have. So, yeah, it's really good. And they just have such a good community. And I think, like, being able to get to know all the kids, in, like, because I'm starting out, like, building those relationships, it's just so – like incredible. Um, yeah. So, I guess the highlight of my career so far would definitely be like, like building myself up, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah. um, building those relationships with the kids, building those relationships with the staff, because I'm lucky enough to be at the one school doing casual teaching. So, um, that's definitely been a highlight for me so far.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully, that turns into a contract later on. That'd be amazing. I hope that that would be
1: incredible. It's a great yeah. school, so.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Making those connections is so crucial, especially when you go out into the profession after you um, study. I love that so much. Um, what has been one of the challenges of your teaching, teaching career so far and why?
1: So, yeah, it's probably linking back to casual teaching. Uh, casual teaching, as many people probably know, it has its pros and cons. Um, it's very challenging um, when you, especially when you're starting out, you're in a new school, especially. Um, mm-hmm. If you go into a fresh like a fresh classroom with a fresh group of kids you don't know how they're going to react to you and because their routine is broken and they don't know who you are yet, so you've got to really be able to adapt to the environment and adapt to their um, behaviors if that makes mm-hmm. sense so obviously yeah. um, you don't know you don't know the kids well enough to know like how they are academically obviously you can pick things up as the day goes on and things like that, but you don't know you know behavior issues you don't know those sort of things but i've been really lucky that a lot of the classroom teachers um i'm at a catholic school and they usually leave like a plan or some notes which is really helpful because they go okay these students are the ones that need the extra support you know so it makes me aware of those children um but even the ones who are gifted for example they're like okay these students are really great at english use them as like models for the class and things like that um but and I've been lucky, but sometimes it's not like that, obviously. If you're just called in or like randomly um, yeah, called in, basically, you could be put anywhere, and it's just, yeah, this is what you're doing. And it's like, yeah, it's really, it's really tough, but it's really rewarding because I think you learn a lot about yourself as well. Yeah. Because you learn how you teach because you're just doing, you're just there and you're, you're going for it. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not like over planning and like overthinking it, if that makes sense.
0: Like, you're just yeah. there and you
1: have to go for it. So I'd say definitely, um, not knowing the environment and the kids is definitely a big challenge
0: oh gosh yeah yeah, yeah. you're stepping into somebody else's space absolutely i totally agree um so now we'll go into more of the juicy stuff so the more of the topic that we were going to be speaking about today which is what looks like to find your passion and in this um regard it's about teaching obviously um what drove you to leave your previous degree and delve into teaching
1: um, so, um, as I said before, um, the main thing was when I had that opportunity, um, with the not-for-profit organisation. Um, I did, obviously, I finished that degree still cause I did enjoy that degree, um, media, media and communications degree. Um, but I just personally, personally, I wasn't someone who wanted to work in an office environment. That's just, yeah. I, I knew that straight away when I did a few internships. Um, and I, you know, as much as I I enjoyed what like the content of the degree and I enjoyed like what I was doing I wanted it to be more fulfilling if that's the right wording um so when I worked for that not for -for profit organization I loved it like I would have loved to work there if I could continue working there but obviously with charity organizations they can only offer so much to you um but um yeah I definitely just I wanted a career that was rewarding and fulfilling and um, when I, I kind of halfway through my degree, I said to my mom at the time, I was like, I really think I want to do teaching or something with children. Definitely. Now I know it's definitely teaching. Um, and she said, like, just finish this degree. And then, you know, you can see what your options are after that. And I'm so glad I did because mm. I feel like I only have to do what, two, two to two and a half years and I can teach. So it's, it's incredible. And I have all this background knowledge, even though it's not in teaching, I feel like it still helped me with a lot of the foundational skills for sure. Oh goodness.
0: Yes. Yeah. So how far into your, um, media degree were you, when you decided this isn't for me, I want to be a teacher. Um, so I think my media degree, I was,
1: was three and a half years and I think it was about the
0: two to two and a half year mark.
1: Oh, Um, so you were like nearly, nearly finished. Yeah. So I was nearly done. So, um, and I'd had obviously some, um, internships and things. So I'd had lots of experience. So I, definitely kind of use I from that experience it was like hang on I don't think this is for me you know what I mean um so but I was so I'm so happy I like suck it out because um you never know where life takes you as well like I obviously am so passionate about teaching but you just never know so it's good to have that behind me as well
0: so yeah yeah. so you have something always to fall back on so say for instance you didn't finish that degree and you pulled out when you wanted to then you went straight into your Oh, then you would have to do a bachelor. So then it would have even been longer. And I had to do a bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would have had the debt of both degrees because you were past that census point. So yeah, you may as well have stuck it out. And now here you are. So it would have been pretty much the exact same time, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, it pretty much would have been the exact same time frame, I think. Maybe like slightly longer, but at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, how you How I pursue it, I'm still going to be a teacher at the end of the day, if that makes sense. like hundred
0: percent. Props to you for sticking to that degree, especially when you had it in the head that like in your head that you didn't want to do it because I know when I get in my head that I don't want to do something or say for instance, like when I left my old retail job and I had this little thought in my head and I was like, "Mm, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to leave. And then you start hating every single little thing about all of it. So I props to you for doing that for an extra year. That's incredible. Um, Do you think though that you are at a disadvantage by doing your masters of teaching versus not your bachelor?
1: Um, I'd say yes and no. Um, I feel like with obviously the the pros would be that it's it's much shorter. It's about two to two and a half years, depending. You can do it even longer, like part-time if you wanted to. Um, And they're more flexible with, like work commitments I find um I don't know like I know in my bachelor media it's like they weren't as flexible like it was quite a full-on timetable masters is still full-on like the content and the course load is very full-on but it's it's like they try to cram it into like two days or like one day so people can have the opportunity to work that's how I found it but um I guess I feel like sometimes I think about it I'm like I wonder what the difference would be between like a bachelor of education and a master's. And obviously a master's is because you have a degree behind you and the experience, but, and you can go back as like a post-grad. That's the point. But I think, I just find it interesting because I feel like there would be things that both degrees off like off like different offer differently, if that makes sense. So um obviously I know the placements, for example, for masters. So I do three placements in my masters and they're just four week blocks. Right. Whereas I know in the bachelor your final placement I think is like nine weeks or some nine to ten yeah. weeks in New South Wales, I think. Yeah. yeah so some I'm not sure um, if it's the same everywhere.
0: Yeah, some universities yeah. they make they call it an internship. So they basically make you do your GTPA on a placement. And then after that, you have to go and in, do an internship, which is like 9 to 10 weeks. I know that's how it yeah. is in New South Wales. However, at my university, I only had to do three teaching blocks. Um, the first one, I only had to teach like one lesson a day. Second one, I had to teach like at least half of the day. And then this one, obviously, I'm expected to teach like up like 80 to 100% of the day. Yeah. Um, and that's when I complete my GTPA. So do you have to do your TPA or GTPA, whatever you call it in New South Wales? Do you have to do that in your master's?
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I do. We do. It's just, obviously it's just a four week um, placement, but I've just also found out, that um the guidelines is now you can do your final placement in New South Wales I don't know if it's for bachelor students as well but you can do it at a school you're employed at um which I think is just crazy because I know it was never an option for so many people and like I feel I'm like I'm so grateful but at the same time I'm like I just feel sorry so many people would really like benefit from that because I like you know doing unpaid work and obviously we we do it because um we want the experience and we need to do it to finish our degrees but it, it is hard like it's hard to give up four weeks of or so I, so in my case four weeks of you know pay and work um obviously I'm doing what I love but you know it's it's still good to um balance oh, it no. out, I guess
0: it's totally a taboo subject and it's just like the the stress that you get from placement because I'm about to go six weeks with no pay and I knew that like leading yeah. up to this usually yeah. I would be a bit more lenient and I would not take as much work on um But as of late, because I've been taking on so much extra work because I knew I needed to save up so much money in the lead up to placement because I unfortunately aren't lucky enough to get Centrelink. There's a lot of people who can get it. But even then, that's only like, it's what, like $300 a fortnight for a student? It's it's, it's nothing, but it's better than nothing. But I knew i have been like slugging myself and pushing myself to work more than I should. I'm falling asleep at like 8pm. I swear I'm falling asleep (laughs) like (laughs) earlier than some children. Just to save up for placement, but I totally understand that. And that whole thing, so you can, in New South Wales, I believe I spoke about this with Miss Williams on the podcast, but you can do, so -hmm. you can do your final placement at a school that you have a job at. Is that right? So you'll get paid while you're on placement.
1: Um, I'm not sure of the like the um, logistics of it, but basically, yeah. So if you have a contract, so obviously I'm casual teaching at the moment. I don't have a contract, but if I say I'm just using my school for it now as an example, if I wanted to do my final placement there and I'm on a contract for two days, I believe you would you still fulfill that contract for two days and get paid, and then I think your other days are unpaid if that makes sense. So it's like three out of the five days would be unpaid basically if you have a two day contract. Yada yada. Wow. I could have the logistics wrong, but I think that's how they. It, that's the intention of it. Yeah. Wow. Um, which is amazing. Like, I think it's, it's great. Like for um, beginning teachers and pre-service teachers to have yeah. that opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Um, that's a great opportunity. And it's a great opportunity to like, not stress. Like it's less stressful. You're not going yeah. into an environment that you're not familiar with because that is, I swear that has to be like one of the most, cause have you done a placement yet?
1: Yeah, I've done one and I have an upcoming one in a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, and that um, those first couple stressful. of days
0: when you're in that new environment and you're just getting used to it and you're grabbing your feet, I swear yeah. that is one of the most daunting things about placement. Yeah, but it, it definitely is. I honestly feel like that first day, you're on such an emotional roller coaster. like you're like so excited, you want to see your class and see what it's like but then also you're like so nervous because like what happens if you've got like a a mentor teacher that you clash with, or, you know, it's not the school that you were hoping for, or, you know, you're you're taking on too much and you don't think, you think you're going to get burnt out. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and I feel like as well, like going into that new environment on a placement, like you're not really like showing your true abilities until like, like at least a week or two in, because you're really like, uh, that's for me anyway, I'm like so nervous within the first two weeks that I'm like, I feel like I'm not even doing anything that, i like how i would normally do it because i'm just so nervous like i overthink everything <laughs>
0: yeah no i am the absolute same like for me last week when i was teacherating in kindy or like educating in kindy mind you've never done kindy in my life and i um on my first day i was like super ne- why was i nervous these children are literally three <laughs> and four years old what are they gonna do whereas oh. like if you go into like a five and six class i mean they could be a bit mean and they can be like, usually 90% of the time, they always yeah. make a comment to be like, why are you so short? And I'm like, okay, let's move past. <laughs> like, it's fine. But yeah, I don't know why I was nervous with the three and four year olds. Like I was, I, it was yeah. more like I was nervous of what, how I was going to find things. Cause you don't know where things are in the yes. classroom. You don't know what their routine is. And then once you get into the swing of it, then it's fine. By day two, you're fine. Yeah. It's that first yeah. day that you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I need to tick off. There's so many things I need to absorb and take in. It's absolutely exactly. insane. So you have it's another placement crazy. in a couple of weeks, is that right?
1: Yeah, so I'm on kindergarten, it's ironically, that we're talking about that. So I'm very – I've had quite a bit of experience on kindy, which I'm very lucky, like at the current, in my current – um casual teaching role but yeah i'm really excited it's at a um, public school so i'm actually excited as well too because i've had a lot of experience in catholic schools um i grew up um going to a catholic school so i haven't had much experience in like um a government school so i'm really actually looking forward to it to see like the difference and like just to be exposed to a new environment it's going to be really good i'm excited yeah
0: wow but in saying that in new south Wales, kindergarten it goes kindergarten and then year one. Oh, yeah. I, I, yes. uh, yeah. I forget it's different in all. <laughs> yeah. So in, no, no, no. I only know this because I grew up in Sydney. So I know this cause we yes. always called it so, uh, like I was in KG and then it was like one S yes. and that's what it was. Yeah. So, yes. But in Queensland, yes, so it's, Portland, like, it's in prep. Other
1: states, it's prep. I was about to say, yeah, other States have prep and then,
0: so do you have prep and then kindy or is it prep? Then you like, how does it go? So like basically prep, you want, or the school that I work at, um, they have a kindy attached to the school. So basically it is literally an okay. early childhood setting. We call so like you guys would call it, what do we call it? Um, early childhood. What are early childhood centers called in New South Wales? I, there's a word for it. And I don't remember uh, what it's called. Child, preschool. 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 preschool, preschool,
1: preschool. Okay. <laughs> I,
0: was of. I was like, I went to preschool <laughs> and I think that's what it, was, what it was. Um, so I, yeah, basically was just talking, uh, doing that and, Oh, hold on. <laughs> So yeah, preschool um, is like, you know, babies up to three or four-year-olds and then you have prep, which is what New South Wales call kindergarten. So that's like you have five-year-olds, which is the same thing you're in a normal school setting and then it's year one. Whereas in Sydney, it goes preschool, kindy, year one. So you're yeah, in an actual, yeah. you're in yours technically still in a school. setting. am so, Yeah, and you yeah, follow I'm in the a curriculum. Setting, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas early childhood,
1: um, yeah. they follow a different one. Kindy, so K, K to six. So most of our like normal um, primary schools are K, kindy to year six. That's yeah. and then preschools like a different center completely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, if yeah. you could give advice to any of the listeners considering changing their careers to find their passion, what would it be and why? Um, do it. <laughs> you know, that's very general advice. Do it. So no, it's
1: um, it's obviously you got to do what's best for you, and that's kind of wh- where my head was at with it. I want to be working in an environment that I enjoy and I love, and I'm passionate about because it makes such a difference. Like I go to work now, and I'm so excited to go to work, and I want to yeah. be there. You know, um, so I definitely think obviously, like everyone's situations are different, and not everyone's in that position. Um, to just go, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. See you later. You know. Yeah, um, but. Definitely, if it's something you are thinking about and you know you're passionate about something, then you should go for it. Even if it's not career-wise, even if you're just there's something you want to learn more about, like take a course, like see if it's really what you're interested in. Because um, then you're just building your knowledge and then you kind of go, you learn more about yourself and you're like, okay, maybe I would suit this career or maybe I would suit this. So, um, yeah, I definitely I think it's, it's definitely... People should go for it definitely. Yeah.
0: Even taking it like what you said, taking a course is just like it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Or even like if you're thinking about something. Like, say, for instance, if somebody is listening, maybe there's a possibility that somebody who's not a teacher is listening to this podcast and they're thinking they want to turn into, like, go and do teaching. Just go and, like, put your hand up to volunteer at a school because you may not have had experience with working with children before. Um, Obviously, you would need to get a working with children check to do any of this. Um, But, you know, go put your hand up and volunteer somewhere and see if it's even for you. It may not be. It may be um But that's the best way to do it, absolutely. And I'm glad that you found your passion before you actually delved into it as well. Um, yeah, and I, I
1: actually just diso- like. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. You continue. <laughs> you go.
0: Oh,
1: oh. Um, I was just gonna say I went before I like I was I put in my application for the master's degree, and I had about a six month period between that, and I um I like worked in retail and all but then um just in the beginning of the degree, I was like, I really want to make sure this is what I want to do. You know, like, obviously I had had that exposure. So I um, started working after school care to kind yes. of get into the, and Best thing to amazing. Do. It, may, yeah, it makes you realize like I was there and I loved it. So it's very, yeah, definitely. Like I said, I did the same thing. So just trying it out first as well to really see if it's, it's what you want to do. But yeah, like even what you're saying, like um, even researching about something or you're volunteering, like going and just putting yourself in those situations. So you can see if it's, if it's what you, if it's what you want to
0: do. Yeah, yeah. After, yeah, that's the thing after school care and before school care, like all those sorts of things are the best thing, like best career choice, especially if you're at university or think about going into university yeah. or think about going into teaching It is honestly like one of the best jobs that you can get. Not only because of the flexibility with the hours, so you literally have the day free, but also because you're hanging out basically and playing and interacting and engaging with children that are going to be the age and demographic of what your career is going to be. So I exactly. totally agree with you there. Absolutely. Do you still do after school care or no? I'm um, actually my last shift this Thursday. So it's going to be very sad saying bye to all the kids. Yeah. Oh, so, no. um, because yeah. you're going on placement or just because you're going to take up casual uh, teaching more?
1: I, yeah. Because of the casual teaching, like I've just, because I, I work in after school care. I did, I started casual teaching and I'm also tutoring. So it's just a lot with uni. Go. So I needed yeah. to go, Okay. I need to make obviously prioritize what I want to do, and yeah. So my final shift is this Thursday, and it's so very sad. I'm very Aww. sad because you know you get attached to the kids when you work with them constantly. You know, so and you're hanging um, out with them every day. Sad. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Oh goodness, that's so sad. I'm not looking forward to that day. That's going to come up soon for me, and I'm not looking forward to it either. But yeah, yeah. like you say, it's exactly. always on to and bigger even, and better things.
1: That's right, exactly. But even placements are hard. I find for that reason too, because you yeah. like the end of the placement, you get attached to these children. You're like, I don't want to leave you. Like, I no, don't you don't want to. Don't want to.
0: Like, and you always remember yeah. your prep classes. Like you always will. And Absolutely. that's the best part about it. Honestly, I think one of the girls on my last placement, yeah. she bought me oh, like, a wish jar as like a gift. And she, um, so basically all the kids like put like a little wish into the wish jar for me. And I made sure that they'll write their name so so that I remember it too. It's so cute. So even if like, I think that's a good recommendation for everybody listening as well, that if you're going on a placement where you're there for like a good amount of time. So say for instance, for you it's four weeks and for me it's six weeks and like next week, um, get a wish jar for yourself just in case one of the students don't get it for you. Just get one for yourself. Get the kids to write a wish on the little piece of paper and, Get them to chuck it in there. It's honestly the best thing. I've such kept a all great the idea. Pieces. Yeah, I've kept all the little pieces of paper, and I've got them in a little folder. It's really, really cute. So I would highly recommend that to everybody. But thank you, Zoe, for sharing your passions. Honestly, it's been amazing having you on. Where can everybody find you on um, Instagram? Um, so uh, my Instagram handle is educate with
1: Zoe. Pretty standard. <laughs> um,
0: Love it. And yeah, you can just have a look at me there. And yeah. Follow along, follow the journey and have a sticky beat. Follow at the everything. journey. That's it. Of oh, Doing a master's, which is very interesting because I don't think we've had anybody that's doing their master's on the podcast. So you might be the first one. Well, I'm glad. I'm honored to be the first one. <laughs> I love that. So much. Being thank, on here. thank you so much for jumping on Zoe. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks guys. Bye.